Blog Talk Radio. Hey, all you Midwest <laughs> muffleheads and all you P4P peeps. This is Kalen Patterson. Yes, that guy. <laughs> and this program is sponsored by P4P Muscle. Yeah, those things. Yeah, from the gym stuff. The number one drug-free sponsorship foundation in the world. In Espanol, todo el mundo. Yeah, yeah, how about that? And if you're a drug-free athlete and looking for a solid foundation to stand on, oh, I almost said something else, and I'm glad I didn't. But anywho, and a vehicle to drive your goals, like what, that's Like a Mack truck through ice cream. i tell you what. Check I us out. What? And there you have it. At p4pmuscle.com. And now with our friendly Banta. Yeah, Banta. I like saying it like that. I do. <laughs> Let's talk. Hey, Des. How's it going? Hey, Kaylin Patterson. I am good. I am good. And we, you just went with the classic American accent tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Until I got the Banta. Then that was kind of bossed on you. <laughs> oh, and then you decided to switch up and switch over, eh? And, yeah. eh? You know, yeah. I'm good, and I'm glad we're all, you know, here on the show tonight because this snowstorm we yeah. had yesterday was kind of a doozy. Yeah. Well, you know, when we got these cool guests coming on, I guess it would uh, drop the temperature a little bit, you know? <laughs> well, you would think it would heat it up. I don't know about drop the temperature, maybe heat it up. But either way, I don't know how much snow did you get. I got to step on that. I got to step on no, 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 no. Andre 3000 said, what's cooler than being cool? I told. Yeah, I got that. There but you I go. Say, you know what? You can heat up the room. Yeah, no. Because this guest is kind of on fire, yeah, yeah. so I'm we're gonna we're just gonna have Stafford, to be at odds oh, on this oh one tonight. Stafford, we're gonna oh, have to be at odds on this one tonight. You sure you don't want some platform shoes to step on them a little bit better? <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, we have tons of questions already in. Um, you guys have been awesome submitting. Um, some questions ahead of time, and I know we've got even more from our live listeners tonight. Well, I know the folks who also submitted questions are already tuned in, too. So thanks thanks for doing that. And our guest has just done a fantastic job of letting folks know where she's going to be and where that is, and that is with Kaylin and Desiree on P4P Real Talk right here, right tonight. And that her that has done the fantastic job is one Miss Bikini Competitor and Prep Posing Coach, and founder of Get Fit Go Figure, Heather Owen. Miss Heather Owen. Creative. How are you doing tonight? Very creative. How are you doing tonight? Great. Are awesome. So, why don't you go ahead and tell our 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 folks in listener land a little bit about yourself? Sure. Uh, Thank you for the intro. I I mean I I am on fire, and uh, the ice cold is also quite a compliment. So I'll take both sides. Yeah. For you there. <laughs> so thank you for that. Um, well, I'm a mom of two. I have a six and an eight-year-old, both boys. They keep me busy. Um, I am a collegiate athlete. I was a, I swam through college and 
I have a degree wait, wait. in animal wait. science, actually. Wait, you swam through You swam yeah. through college. You're going to have so I much swam through there. college, right on through. <laughs> it was that easy. It, yeah, it was that easy. It was, it was a breeze. And then um, uh, after working in the animal science industry for a while, I decided to go back and get a teaching certification. So I taught high school biology and chemistry for a few years, which was uh, a pretty fun job. And then I ended up staying at home with my kids for for about eight years. And in that time frame, I had started several businesses, and one of them being Get Fit, Go Figure, and uh, uh, and that being started first as a blog out of frustration of, um, you know, a, a lack of good resources for bodybuilding. You know, I couldn't find anything um, explaining the different federations or what divisions were available and what they look like or what a prep would look like, what to expect on show day. You know, there were websites out there, but I found there was just a lot of insufficient information and even all in one place to make it easy to navigate through bodybuilding, especially as a newcomer. So, so get fit, go figure was born. Awesome. Awesome. It just kind of blossomed from there. So talk to us a little bit about where you've expanded, go get fit, go figure into. So as it had started out as a blog and segued into diet coaching, which I could do online, easily and it was portable, um, which I enjoyed very much. And then, um, you know, I opened that up to strength training. Um, And it has, you know, it has grown from there, Uh, you know, trying to grow the business in, you know, visiting different fitness summits and, um, you know, putting out blog posts and, you know, just getting results for your clients and getting that credibility over the years. Uh, It has it has taken off nicely, and I've been enjoying it quite a bit. Okay, fantastic. Kaylin, do you have anything you want to jump in with before we get started with our listener questions? Oh, no, no, no. I'm enjoying this all just like the fans. Listen, let's hear it. Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. So the first question we have is from Sarah, and she's asking, how frustrating is it with people claiming to be coaches and seeing so many uh, okay, we'll just read it as it is. Trash people's bodies and lives, oh, and that they've in seeing so many people's bodies and lives trashed just to become social media popular. So I'm assuming what that question is asking is um, dieting harshly or in, with very improper methods. Possibly to yeah to so what she's asking is, it, is yeah how frustrating is it seeing people claiming to be coaches that really don't have the knowledge to be coaches but they're just putting out information to become popular on social media when in effect they're damaging the people that are seeking advice from them sure exactly yeah and I've definitely seen that over the years and and. You know, in my own experience with coaches, I, I did my research, so I've, I had been very fortunate. I had been with um, Team Gorman for all of my prep, and, uh, you know, that, that was a huge learning experience for me as John Gorman was my mentor for a long time as well. So I was very lucky to have that and have done my research. So it is extremely frustrating to me to see kind of a rash of 
people prepping uh, clients for a show without the proper knowledge to do so because they'll find, um, you know, they'll, they'll take maybe certain methods that they saw someone else do or something in a magazine or an article and, and run with that without the full knowledge of what they're actually doing with that tool. They don't have all of the tools in the toolbox to help a particular person where contest prep can be so very individualized based on um, their history of dieting, their age, how long they really need to prep based on um, various factors. And it's very disheartening and very frustrating to see people diet people down in a very improper way only to leave them kind of lost in the end. You know, you know, when you diet Mm -hmm. down, harshly and improperly or on extremely low calories, very, you know, a lot of cardio and then leaving their clients hang out to dry, you know, where they left to go once they they're, you know, metabolically um, not adapted to go back to a normal lifestyle where they're not doing three hours of cardio a day and eating 700 calories. You know, that's not something that is uh, easy to maintain, right? So you have to reverse no, diet no, out of that. Yep. But even taking into account, you know, taking a longer prep or setting up yourself in the off season, you know, that's another very important aspect of bodybuilding that I feel is neglected where if you can metabolically set yourself up properly before you even start a prep so that your body will respond appropriately, um, you know, that's, those are big factors that are overlooked as well to kind of help your clients succeed and then set them up for success for a post-show transition as well. And that is, I mean, that is such a hot topic um, that just never seems to get old because you always have a fresh crop of new athletes coming in and, you know, the cycle just kind of seems to continue. Some are like have had the experience like you and they wind up with a good coach from the beginning. Others not so much or they're prepping themselves so they're just learning as they go when they don't quite have that full after the competition is over. So, mm-hmm. um, that I mean, that's just an area where a lot of education is, is still needed. Um, I'm going to back us up one second, though, before we get too far down the road with um, some more of these questions because I know we have several listeners that are familiar with you, but we also have several that aren't. So why don't you give mm-hmm. us a quick background of how you even got started in competing and what that career has um, been like to date? Sure. So I had gotten started in um, doing figure competitions. Uh, I started training in 2013 with that specific goal uh, because I needed a new challenge. You know, I had missed team sports and I missed having a goal. I missed doing triathlons. I missed boxing and I, I wanted something new. And someone had told me about figure competitions and I had never heard of that before. So I had gotten into, I took several months to research bodybuilding and the figuring out the various divisions that were available and figured out that, um, I figure the the figure division resonated with me at that time. So that's what I trained for. And my first season I did three shows and placed third in all of them, I believe. And then 
from there, I took a year off and decided to do bikini and figure. And then I took another year and a half and ended up doing bikini um, that year, this pat, which was fall 2016, I believe, was the last time I competed. And I really appreciated bikini. I found that it was a little less stressful having to, you know, not build my shoulders so giant. And uh, I found bikini just to be a more fun division for me at that time. And um, I placed very well. I was very close to getting a pro card at that time, but I didn't. And um, from here on out, I, I am suffering from some shoulder injuries, but um, genetically, due to my body type, I don't feel bikini is right for me. Um, figure may be, but I think in a few years, I'd just like to be smoted and try my hand at physique. So I think a couple of years down the road, you may see me on the physique stage. All right. Well, that'll right. be awesome. I I hope so, because yeah. I know you do have yeah. a lot of fans out there, and they're wondering if you're coming back, when you're coming back, where you're coming back. So I think mm-hmm. that um, answered several of those questions. So it's yes, possibly, in a different format, mm-hmm. maybe, but I'm thinking yes. type <laughs> answer. <laughs> yep, yep, definitely. I, I'm just loving lifting right now. It's it, You know, prepping is hard. I've done three seasons. And uh, you know, it takes over your life. And my kids are at an age right now where I'd really like to put my focus on spending time with them while I'm still really cool because, mm-hmm. you know, before <laughs> I know it, I'm going to be super uncool. And at that time, you know, then uh, maybe I'll hit the stage again, you know, full force. So in that time, I'm just, just going to build, build like a beast. Well, there you go. Um, yeah. Our next question is from Delilah. She's actually got a three-parter. Um, but they're all along the same line. She's asking, what are the pressures of being a female coach, competitor, competition mom? Oh, that's a good one. So pressures of being, um, you know, competitor and a, a coach, you know, and a mom all at once is, uh, you know, the challenges of not being able to solely focus on yourself uh, makes competing or being in fitness a lot more challenging because you have other very large responsibilities. And I feel, I always feel that people that can meet, compete that have children deserve an extra trophy because you have to take care of other little ones. And, you know, you're making, you know, especially when you're prepping, for example, you know, you're cutting cheesy crusts off of you know sandwiches and you can't like eat them or you know your kids are having ice cream or you want to go out for pizza and you're sitting there with your you know prepackaged chicken and broccoli or whatever you can fit in your macros so it's just like you know and and you know you're it takes a lot of mental capacity I feel to prep to be in prep it also takes a lot of mental capacity to just get in the gym and plan your week um, for your fitness and, uh, you know, make sure you're planning healthy meals. And, and I like to stick with all whole foods. So planning ahead takes time and mental capacity, but also taking care of children and your family takes out a very large mental capacity as well. So for sometimes I'm a little envious of, you know, these young single people in fitness that can, 
you know, do whatever they want, whenever they want and meal prep without having to worry about anybody else. And I, I, you know, they work hard too, but, but I feel like there's just a added element, you know, in there that's, that's very, very challenging when you have a family. So to all those moms and dads out there that are, that are prepping or just into fitness or powerlifting or whatever, you know, you guys are awesome because that, it takes a lot of work to, you know, also prioritize yourself a little bit. You got to do that. You got to take care of yourself if you want to take care of others. And, um, uh, yeah, that's, that's what I think about that. <laughs> no doubt. Cause you can't, you can't pour from an empty cup. That's for sure. Kaylin. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What I was going to say, you know, it, and it, it does take a lot and, you know, I, I think that a lot of people that start off by themselves competing don't they, – they might see the bad side of not helping – I mean, having help, but there's definitely a plus side with not having to uh, deal with the outside pressures because there's a lot of pressures that we don't consider or think about when it – I mean, because some people can get so self-absorbed they forget about reality. And so, mm-hmm. you know, like I said, I, I wish that, – that would be nice to have a person that basically – can, you know, compete in itself, but then to place well or win, that's even better for a parent because then you have a conversation that can open the door to a better means for other people's health and fitness. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And another, I mean, another point that I feel a lot of uh, parents can get flack from when they're prioritizing getting into the gym or meal prepping is, you know, that it can be very selfish and, um, you know, I see that a lot on forums or get that question a lot, how to deal with that. You know, you just got to tell people that, you know, like the point I just made before, you got to prioritize yourself in some form, you know, so that you can be healthy and set an example for your children or your family, because they're going to see that and they're going to want to live a fit and healthy lifestyle as well. Leading by example is extremely important. And then, of course, aside from that, you've got to take care of yourself in order to take care of others. Yeah, exactly. And I think you've just segued nicely into another question that we had um, from Marie Brendan. She was asking, what do you think are the biggest benefits kids can learn from seeing their mom, grandma, aunts, et cetera, excel at fitness? Uh, But the second part to her question was, um, are there any negative impacts on kids? That's a, yeah, that's a great question. I know that um, for my kids, seeing um, myself and their dad constantly live a health, healthy lifestyle, you know, you're leading by example and they see that. So they, for example, when they're on their Kindle and they have their little timer set, um, I might give them um, a reminder every five to ten minutes and they'll get up and move. And eventually I don't need to remind them them to do so my eight-year-old he's, he's a pretty good rule follower anyway so you know he'll tell his brother it's time to move we got to get up and wiggle or dance around and then um you know they'll go back to sitting down uh you know so instilling just these little um healthy tips into their their lifestyle can last a lifetime and then you know eating healthy e- even if maybe they're not eating you know healthy themselves or they don't like certain foods you're still leading by example and eventually those things are going to catch on for them and they're going to try those vegetables or they're going to eat, um, 
the way you are because that's what they know and what they're used to. Um, you know, and as far as negatively, I mean, I could, I don't find a whole lot of negative impacts there. I suppose maybe if you're a working mom and you're getting into the gym and meal prepping, you know, maybe that's taking time away from your kids. But at the same time, you know, my mom was a single mom growing up and my brother and I were home alone by ourselves. But the time that she was home and she spent with us was quality, and that's what I remember. So I don't ever feel Mm -hmm. that because we didn't have her all day long or every single evening that it was a detriment to us growing up. It was the quality time that she spent with us when she had time with us. So uh, that's kind of my viewpoint on that. You know, and I would have to agree with what you're saying, and I think that's very key, and I'm glad Brenda asked the question and appreciate the way you answer the question because even though I'm remarried now, um, you know, when I first started competing, I was a single mom and, you know, putting the kids to bed, going to the gym late at night and then, you know, food mm-hmm. prepping on the weekends and getting up and doing it all over again. But, you know, I wouldn't trade that time or those years because now my oldest child is very much active and in the gym and is, has an interest in competing, which I think is great, um, not necessary. But down to my youngest child, she's always talking about eating healthy and exercising and all of those sorts of things because they were watching all that time, even though, you know, it might have taken up a little more time away from them per se, maybe from an, a one-on-one individual perspective, but they were always mm-hmm. there and always a part of it. So it's not like, um, you know, one took the place of the other. It's just, you know, they all just kind of become incorporated together, if that makes sense. So I, yeah, I, think, I agree um, with you. Yeah, you make a good point there, like it, actually including them in what you're doing. You know, there's a lot of times where I'm dragging my kids to the gym or, or a seminar or um, their dad is doing the same. You know, he's very much into um, the biohacking community and has meetups and, um, seminars himself. So the kids are along, you know, with either one of their parents and they're, they're in it and experiencing, um, you know, that type of lifestyle and hearing the information and absorbing it, you know, and kids are of course very observant and they, they see those things and they start, you know, picking those things up themselves. So it's really fun to see them mimic, you know, our behaviors and our habits, you know, and lifestyle, uh, choices and it, it kind of makes you a little proud you know like I got you know two little fit guys running around or you know what I mean <laughs> kind of fun <laughs> yeah totally totally all right um switching subjects here a little bit but this is Brenda's uh, second question uh, that she had uh, <clears throat> yeah uh, gonna do it uh, she says speaking no, specifically no, to bikini competitors oh what you got well, you know, at, at, that's a good question, but I don't want to get too far away from it before I can give a response to the, about the the negative because there 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 is a good possibility for that to happen, but not by intent, but by basically uh, uh, not really addressing it like she was saying because kids watch everything. And one of the things I remember from, you know, being involved in sports so much is there's different p- parts of fitness that we basically don't like doing and we tend to have mannerisms toward it. Even though we do it, we kind of are reluctant to go about it. And one of the things that I was always noticing, especially when I had my niece and nephew for a couple of years, 
is that they had picked up my mannerisms. And I had to basically slow my roll and do a lot of uh, explaining so they could understand what was going on. And it's not that it was necessarily a negative, but it was just something that was harder for me to do mentally to physically get going. So, you know, that was a good challenge. And, you know, but, it, you know, if it hadn't been addressed in, in their younger years, they might have picked it up on the negative side of not understanding why I was doing what I was doing. So what would an really example Huh? What would an example be? Oh, well, you know, there was days when I didn't want to do the the running part because I did uh, track and field when I was in the military. Mm. And Mm -hmm. practice just means I was going to be tired for the morning muster and getting up at Reveille and, and, you know, having to do all that stuff earlier in the time. So basically there was a lot, like uh, Heather was saying, there's a lot of prep that goes in that a lot of people don't think about because it's five in the morning or four in the morning. And basically I have to get the kids ready earlier before I could start addressing myself and the military. So, you know, there was a lot going on and people would basically see me after I was awake, but there was a lot of stuff going on to get me up when you've got so much going Uh, on that night before. Yeah. So there was, you know, I would, I would, uh, you know, and and then I would slouch sometimes when I was uh, doing things. And I noticed that they had picked up on each and every mannerism that I had. And it was kind of embarrassing and it was very humbling because I realized, you know, it's not just me in the room. It's not just me uh, pouting because they're taking on that that, uh, that subjective nature. And there was so much that I had to start being mindful of to make sure that they didn't basically grab hold of that and run in the wrong direction. Gotcha. Yeah, you, gotcha. you make really Thanks good points there. And- yeah, and you make good points there, too, that, you know, as parents or uncles or aunts or friends of people with kids, you know, we nobody's perfect, but sometimes that opens up um, the doorway for some really good conversations and learning experiences, yeah. like you said. So, you know, we may not always be perfect, but understanding your faults and discussing that with your children, you know, or the negative sides of certain aspects of of health and fitness, you know, are, are, are really important things to do. That's a really good point. And there you have it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry. Well, that's my little inside transition there. Um, so next question from Brenda or Marie. I'm sorry, Marie Brendan. Sorry, Marie. I'm just mixing your name in all kinds of ways. But here we go, Marie. <laughs> Speaking specifically to bikini competitors, how can competitors and publicize their accomplishments but also counteract the perception of it being overly sexualized? Yeah, that's a good question. And, um, you know, the bikini division is on social media, you're always seeing pictures of, you know, the glute part of the anatomy constantly and that always being highlighted. And um, I always feel that like when I post pictures of myself as a bikini competitor, it's always a tasteful side or a side of me that, you know, it shows me, you know, being strong in the gym or, you know, it's not me posting just a straight on shot of my butt or, you know, I think that I think the bikini division is kind of a monster of its own in that it's 
it's grown to be or viewed as kind of a TNA type of division in some respects. And, you know, you'll see people post on social media, like, you know, with some anger towards female competitors posing in manners that are borderline inappropriate or putting that on social media Mm -hmm. when in fact it has kind of grown into that as well. So you almost can't fault them for that because they're doing what they think they need to do to, you know, do well in that division. So, Mm -hmm. you know, so, you know, this goes into, you know, females being uh, over sexualized in, in society, I think, or in fitness where, I mean, females are, you know, we have that ability to be, you know, sexy. Like, I feel like that's our advantage over most men, like most women. You know, we are awesome. Like, women are amazing. You know, our bodies are (laughs) givers of life. And you know what I mean? Like, I I just have this huge appreciation for the female body. I appreciate you, men. I do. I promise. I do. um, But I feel, you know, the the female body is is an incredible thing and, and females are so strong and, you know, we can be an incredible force. And I feel like individually, you know, we can kind of combat that by being tasteful about what we're posting and highlighting, you know, our strengths and how strong we are and what we can lift in our abilities as opposed to just posting pictures of our butts, you know? Yeah. I think that's kind of an important step there. I agree. I agree a lot with what you're saying, although I will say that I, t- be, well, speaking as a competitor, I like a glute, a good glute picture just as much as the next person, but mm-hmm. it's because I'm interested in, well, what does her glute have that mine doesn't? I mean, that's what I'm sure. looking for. So I, you know, in that instance, it, to, for me, it comes down to the pose and actually what it is that you're wearing. If you are in, if it's a competition picture and it's a glute shot and you're on stage and all of that and you if that rolls into the overall package that uh, got you whatever placement you did or didn't earn, um, you know, I think that's cool. I, I don't see anything wrong with that. If you have on something, you know, something other than a thong, if you will, and you are talking about either building glutes, hamstrings, showing posing or anything, or things of those matters. Like you said, I mean, at least have a purpose for why you're showing different poses. Mm -hmm. Then I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing in context or over-sexualizing because there's a lot of over-sexualizing that happens, but I also believe that you know, you could be wearing a potato sack, and if someone wants to over-sexualize, they're going to. They're going to find a way to sure. do it. But I totally, <laughs> sure. I totally get what's being said, and I'm glad that question's asked because we, we talk about this a lot, about being able to promote yourself as an athlete but being tasteful about how you do it, and that's what it's coming down to, and that's what you were saying. But I think there's ways to show every aspect of the body because the whole body is taken into consideration for the sport and be tasteful about it at the same time, I guess is what I'm saying. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Being tasteful about being tasteful about it is very, yeah. Important. I I believe because the, yeah. And the human form is, is extremely 
amazing. You know, there's so many shots I've seen. Um, well, Corey Willoughby is one photographer. Uh, he's an incredible artist, and he's done a lot of, you know, completely nude shots of female physique that are incredible and tasteful and beautiful. And that is completely amazing, and, and I appreciate that work greatly. Yeah. You know, that's and, and, very and that's true. tasteful. But it, I think what what basically puts it over the line sometimes is if you've got some really creepy people, and I know Des, Des and I have talked about it many times. You know, if you if you're doing a photo shoot or if you're doing something, you know, know who you're working with, uh, get some background, get some research, because there's just some creepy people out there that you know make things sound the way. But when you start getting into the process, it gets really strange really fast. So you know, there's there's certain things that you can do to basically keep yourself in in a tasteful manner. Even if it was a nude picture, there's still a way to design it to where it's not overtly like pornographic, but more art. And I I, I can tell you that, you know, there's only so many leg days in a week. And if every week, every day is a, a, a squat day for you, then, you know, I, I'm, I'm questioning the sincerity of the workout and the, and the mentality behind it. There are great things going on with uh, the competitors, especially the ones that can basically show themselves during the off-season because I know there's uh, some people that basically just post uh, competition picks year-round, and that's impossible to, ma- impossible to maintain, and it's also very mm-hmm. harmful to the body. So, you know, it, that's things that you, know, you could w- be wary about. And, and if you're really addressing the female physique, like you said, female bodies are incredible. And they're designed to look a certain way. And if you basically take care of yourself, you can maintain that for a lifetime. But it's not all mm-hmm. squats. It's not all uh, bent over booty shots. And there's things that can kind of be the telltale sign that, you know, it, this is more for attention than basically for fitness. So, you know, all those things come into play. And it, like you said, if you address it in a tasteful manner, you'll get the respect because the people that respect themselves get that respect because they're basically demanding it. Mm-hmm. That's a very good point. I agree. Yep. Great question. Great question. Cool. We still have several more to go here. Um, yes, let's we- see. <laughs> oh, we're, we're going to jump back to you as a competitor, Heather. Um, they would like you to share your most memorable memorable experience as a competitor and then also as a coach? Excuse me. Um, My most memorable uh, experience as a competitor was the last season that I had competed, and it was at the uh, Minnesota Mayhem, uh, Leif Anderson and Stephanie Anderson's show, where he had allowed – all the competitors to do a T-walk routine for 60 seconds. And we had the ability to choose our own music and use props if we had wanted to. And that was amazing. As a bikini girl or even a figure girl, you know, we didn't get the chance to pick our own music for one or even do a 60 second T-walk in most shows because, you know, then you'd be sitting there all day half the time. But he had designed the show in a way that, uh, you know, worked where, you know, the show wasn't extremely long so I had decided to do a Michael Jackson routine and I had decided to use props 
And I was so nervous about it. And I knew no one else would be using props because it was kind of a new concept. And I didn't tell anybody I was going to be using props because if I bailed at the last minute, then no one would know. But uh, I, yeah, I chose, um, uh, what song did I do? It wasn't the way you make me, I think it was the way you make me feel. Oh, I can't remember. I think it was that one. But I had put on, you know, like a hat. And I, I had sparkly gloves, you know, and I walked out and tossed the gloves at one point and tossed the hat at one point and went through the routine. And it was, it was a lot of fun. And that show I had won best overall female posing for the show. And that, that I'll never forget that. That, that T-Walk was so much fun. It was, it was a blast to have the freedom to be able to choose the music and, and, you know, do something fun with the props and make it exciting and uh, and then get a, a big old trophy for it. So that was that was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then um, as a coach, actually, I a friend of mine, she started out as a client and she ended up being a friend and a contributor to my blog, Jenny Baker. Um, she year round was dedicated and motivated and had done very well her first season. And then in her second season, which was this past fall, she competed in Michigan and, um, had gotten her pro card and I had never seen her on stage because she was in another state. So having been there at that show for her to get her pro card and see her on stage, I, when I went backstage after she had gotten her award, I, I cried. I busted out in tears, and it was, it was just so much fun to see someone that I cared about and gotten to know over the years of coaching her. And, uh, it, you know, just seeing her in pictures in previous competitions didn't do her physique justice whatsoever. To see her on stage shining like that was just incredible and she just knocked it out of the park and her posing was amazing and her routine was amazing and you know at least show he gives away so much swag you know when she had won um, her divisions we had to cart out all of her winnings on a flatbed cart and so did all the other winners like it was just it was just an amazing experience and I'll never ever ever forget that you know, it's very meaningful for me. It was very meaningful for her. It's very, very exciting. Very exciting show. You know, a lot of factors went into that. So thanks to Leaf Anderson, and thank you for a very dedicated client who's now my friend and very important contributor to my business. Awesome. Both very good experiences. And, you know, you're talking about Leaf and your um, experiences you've had with his productions, both as a competitor and as a coach, but you guys have also grown your relationship together as well because you're going to be um, leading a seminar for him, it's my understanding, at some upcoming Mm -hmm. shows. Yeah, so I am extremely excited about that. I will be doing a post-competition transition and reverse dieting seminar on May 6th, which is the day after his um, Diva Classic All-Women's Bodybuilding Show in Duluth, Minnesota, and that was an, a huge honor, a huge honor to be asked to do that. Um, in previous years at Minnesota Mayhem, the people he has asked to do those seminars were John Gorman and Cliff Wilson, and so for me to be asked to do 
a seminar one huge, you know the huge. day after one of his shows is was a huge honor. Like I told everybody, <laughs> I was so excited. Huge. So I was yeah, it, it was a, I felt very very honored, and I'm very excited about that. Definitely. Now, when you when you have Lee, someone like Lee, and knowing the passion that he has and knowing all he's willing to put into it, does that challenge you to, like, want to bring even better for anything that you he asked uh, for you to help in? Oh, yeah. Like 110% absolutely. You know, I, it, you know, having this um, seminar after one of his shows, you know, it's just not a seminar. You know, I want to, I want to kick it up a notch just like Leaf does for his shows. You know, I'd like to give back to the people that are going to show up to this seminar. And I have um, several sponsors lined up that will donate products that I'm going to give away while we're there. Um, I'll contribute a few things as well that my business, um, that my business will donate. And uh, I just, just want it to be a good time, you know, like giving back to the competitors because, you know, and the people that are following you are willing to even listen to what you have to say, you know, that's why I am here and can be successful is because there are people that are, you know, appreciating what I'm doing and I appreciate that they are there listening, you know, or, or being my clients or just sending the emails, asking me questions, you know, it doesn't matter. I, you know, my my whole point in starting my blog originally was to put that information out there so that people could understand how it's done, how things are done right, or they can gather information from various resources and figure out what's best for them. And that's what I will continue doing. Awesome. Well, it looks it looks to be a great show, a great seminar. So I think that's going to be an awesome combination for everyone who's able to attend your seminar following the competition. So. If you guys aren't signed up and you're interested in getting signed up, Heather, how do they get how do they get into your seminar? So there is more information regarding the seminar on my Facebook page. So if you go to Facebook and search Get Fit Go Figure, my business page will come up and you can click on the events tab. And you will see a list of events I have coming up um, from posing sessions to another contest prep and diet Q&A that's coming up on the 17th of February. Um, but you can click on May 6th. There's a post-competition uh, transition and reverse dieting seminar. And from there, you'll find all the information um, about what's going on, what time it is. Uh, I will also release where that will be. And then people can email me. And the email address is heather at getfitgofigure.com to register or ask questions at any time. All right, there you have it. So check out Get Fit Go Figure on Facebook and or email Heather at getfitgofigure.com. Um, we have a couple of more listener questions that have rolled in. Alicia wants to know if you ever reach out to John Gorman for tough fitness and health questions that you just can't answer on your own. You bet I do. He is my go-to. Um, like I had mentioned before, for a year or so, he was specifically my mentor. I'd asked him to mentor me in my business. Uh, I, for anyone starting a business, it doesn't matter what it is, or anyone coming out of just, you know, any sort of education or getting their personal trainer certification or 
precision nutrition, sports nutrition specialist certification, or whatever it is, finding a mentor is so incredibly important um, because they're the people with experience that can help you. You know, I feel like on-the-job training is 75% more important than the actual, you know, education that you had gotten your, you know, your little diploma from or your your certification paper. So uh, John Gorman is is a go-to for me, and he's very important to me. And, you know, as is many other fitness professionals, you know, I will – I will go to John and, and I respect his opinion greatly. And, um, but I also like to use different resources as well. Just like for um, when I compete, I like to go to several different people for posing, you know, as I encourage my clients, you, you know, you don't even have to use me solely as a posing client or posing coach, you know, seek out other posing coaches here and their names because everyone brings their own unique um, experiences to to their coaching style and I feel that you know having various types of of people to converse with and network with are important to my learning process um, and to help my clients as well so so networking is very important to me I love going to fitness conferences I love keeping in contact with other fitness professionals just for that reason because I learn so incredibly much from everybody's experience um, you know, in the fitness industry, and that only helps make me better. And you know, True. I you know also want to help. Go ahead. No, I said that's a very good point. That's very true, and it, it bothers me a lot when there's so many people that basically say, you know, look at me, look at me, and look what I've done. And there's so many people that are basically the foundation of who they are. And they never give them that time and their, or that shine is what the the newcomers are calling it. Mhm. Yeah, and I think and and even in business, even in the business realm, you know, when you you can help other people or bring up other people, you not only are helping them but you are helping yourself. You know, even though they are competition, you know, like I said, everyone has their own unique strengths and personalities and may click with one client where someone else won't or, mm-hmm. you know, bring their own different experiences. So I feel like, you know, when I have a client, for example, I have one client, she's been with me for about a year, and she's dieted down, she's in great shape, she's in a really good spot, she she expressed interest in competing, and I said, well, you know what, go ahead and do your research on various coaches, and if you want to go with someone else, great, if you want to stick with me, I'm here for you, but I want you to have that decision, and if you decide on someone else, you know, I'm still here for you as a resource. You know, I don't ever want to lose a relationship with someone because they may not have clicked with me for a certain aspect of their fitness journey. And, you know, Mm -hmm. that's absolutely fine with me for someone. Maybe they want to stay with me for strength but go with someone else for diet or want to go someone, um, stay with me for diet and go to someone else for strength training. That is totally fine by me. I, I, I fully support that. You know, I want people to be successful and I will help them get there in whatever fashion that is. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Um, sorry. I lost my train of thought here just listening to what you were saying. Um, our next question. Dale is wondering, do you think health coaches and nutritionists should pay a more prominent role in the health and fitness realm and actually should play a more prominent role in the health and fitness realm instead of pharmaceutical drugs and hospital visits after the fact of bad health-related problems? 
And if so, how can that be done in a successful manner? All right, repeat the question. Okay, he's basically asking if a health coaches and nutritionists should play a more prominent role in health in the health and fitness realm um, once an illness once a bad health related problem has arisen versus pharmaceutical drugs and hospital visits. Oh, I'm a huge, huge uh, advocate of preventative care, you know, preventative health care. And uh, I feel that um, there's so, so many things we can do for our health to prevent, you know, a lot of diseases and health issues down the line. Um, And there's a lot of things, there's a lot of things that aren't really terribly mainstream right now that I, I advocate for, for my clients or sometimes people get glassy eyed over. Um, but it has to do with a lot with light exposure and wearing blue blockers at night, um, you know, when you're on your electronics and how that affects your circadian rhythms and your hormone levels and cortisol and fat loss. Um, so I do feel that health and fitness professionals should be, Um, you know, looking at their clients in a very holistic manner, not just in their diet or not just in their fitness, but also pointing out a lot of other lifestyle, uh, you know, factors that could be affecting their goals in fitness in general. So, you know, of course people, you know, and a lot of times people get to this point where, you know, they're really, really sick or they nearly died of something and they have this epiphany and then they turn around their life and eat healthier and start exercising. And that does happen a lot. You know, that, that, that does happen a lot, but um, you know, we can be an agent of change and lead by example and lead and, you know, lead a healthy fitness lifestyle. And eventually people around you will kind of see that and they might start asking you questions about it and uh, they'll kind of follow along. And I found over the years that, good friends of mine, you know, and this is over a span of maybe five or six years, even people that I've met initially uh, when my kids are really little, you know, in certain mom's groups or whatever. And I talked to them about my fitness lifestyle or different things I was doing. And, you know, it was just there and it was a thing, but over the years they would kind of, you know, inquire about it. And then you might try something out. And then, you know, before you know it, they're, they're trying a paleo diet or they're trying out, um, you know, dabbling in strength training or even getting out and walking more. Uh, so I feel like as a fitness, health and fitness professional, you can, you can lead by example and be an agent of change that way, you know, and just talking about your lifestyle and eventually people do come around, but, but we do play a major role in, in, or we should play a major role in people's lifestyles before they are, you know, terribly sick or ill down the line. I think that's a a, yeah. a big deal. It's, it's it's very big and it's very true. And I think one of the uh, things that we fail to realize because we're so involved in fitness is that there's so many people that are ignorant to what true good fitness is, especially when you talk about dealing with family members, dealing with, uh, you know, good, good overall health is a benefit and so many other things than just lifting weight. Um, we're, like in society, we're always looking for a shortcut, a better mousetrap, 
and uh, health and fitness shows that, you know, sometimes it does take the duration to do it correctly. And it's not an, a long, arduous, you know, process. It just takes time. And I think people get that confused where, you know, even though you only use 45 minutes of your day for the next five years, there's going to be some major health benefits mentally and physically and spiritually, you know, when you think about it, that are involved in that process. And if you do it correctly, those five years, you know, fly right by and you're wishing you had them back. But, you know, mm-hmm. if, if we don't start looking at it where we take the burden on ourselves as being basically pioneers of health to the people we know, <clears throat> then all they're left with is pharmaceutical drugs and other alternatives that don't really help the body or society or your family or any anybody else in a good way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and of course, you know, there are certain drugs that people do need, obviously, for various conditions. Yeah. There are a lot that can be prevented, you know, of course. And, and um, excuse me, <coughs> I have a cold. But, um, but yeah, there, you know, and I, and, and I think as a fitness professional, too, there's, there's finesse in talking about it to people and knowing your audience. You know, I've, years mm-hmm. ago, you know, I know I've made the mistake so many times of just talking to people about all of this stuff and realizing that it's just above their head. You know, you, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, they've got to be interested in it. They've got to want to do it. So, you know, you got to know your audience. And if you want to talk to them about fitness or they have questions, you've got to kind of bring it in at a level that they'll first understand and be apt to wanting to try, as opposed to making it sound like this big arduous thing you have to do overnight and lift five days a week and, eat chicken and broccoli all day, you know, it's intimidating and scary and doesn't sound like fun at all, you know? So it, you know, it just depends on, you know, the person and, uh, you know, having that finesse to know your audience and what your, what that person or what your client needs. But yeah, we play a huge role in, in, I think preventative, in preventative care, you know, we're one factor in helping people be healthier to prevent um, having to take drugs or, you know, any other type of, um, you need medical necessity to, to combat disease or illness or conditions down the line. Yes. Yep. Yep. Definitely. And I think it's also another good reason why you give, you're giving the kind of seminars that you're going to be uh, holding following the Diva Classic, because again, there's all different kinds of proof groups of people that are coming into this equation at different places. And so what you're doing is still addressing a need as we addressed, as we had talked about earlier in that, yes, you have people that have put all this effort into a given look, if not being healthy per se, but we also know that if you don't handle coming off of a competition correctly, it can turn into an unhealthy situation quickly. Mm-hmm. So you're you're addressing those individuals as well with preventative um, you know, natural efforts through food, through exercise to maintain this um lifestyle that you started without, you know, reverting back to old ways that will ultimately be more destructive this time around than they were before you transitioned out of them. Mhm. 
So good, good all around. It's, you know, that kind of information is good for folks who, you know, are just learning to live healthier lifestyles and those that have already jumped into it but aren't quite sure how to stay there. So good deal that the information is getting out there. All right. Well, sadly, we are at that part of the show where... It's kind of, it's not sad that it's time for shout outs, but sadly shout outs signify that we're getting coming to the close of the show. So, you know, Kayla and I are always a little verklempt when we get to this part. Um but we always like to give our yeah. guests the opportunity to give shout outs to anyone and everyone who's helped them along their journey. So we would like to give that opportunity to you now. Ooh, I get to do shout outs? Oh my goodness! Yeah. That's a long list of people. Yeah. I might forget. <laughs> oh, totally. Well, shout out to to Team Gorman, Leslie and John. Of course, they've been huge, huge fact. You know, in my in my journey here as a, a prep coach and and my knowledge, and then um, you know, of course, my family and my kids supporting me, and they have no choice. But. Uh, you know, my clients are amazing people, all the clients I've ever had. And, you know, I'm going to give out a shout-out to Jenny Baker one more time, my uh, client, friend, and and person that keeps me sane. She contributes to my blog, helps me run things and postings to Facebook. And and I couldn't, seriously couldn't do that without her. And then, seriously, I'm giving a shout-out to Leif Anderson and his wife, Stephanie, because they rock and they're raising the bar, and I can't brag about them enough to everybody I know. And, uh you got to check out his shows that he's got coming up. He's adding shows like constantly. I feel like he's got several in Michigan coming up. He's got several in Minnesota coming up. I mean, yeah, I am so excited about all of them and, and what he has to bring. And I am so very excited to be collaborating with him with this seminar and hopefully with some other events in the future. Um, But yeah, that's my shout outs for today. All right, awesome. Well, shout out to you from Kaylin and I for taking the time to be on the show and sharing all that you have shared thank with you. us this evening. Yes, thank yeah, you. Thank one you for last having time. me. I appreciate it. One last time, tell folks when and where about your seminar again and how they can find out more information. So one last time here on May 6th, you can come on out to uh, listen to me chitty chat about post-competition transition and reverse dieting in Duluth, Minnesota after the Diva Classic Mm -hmm. All Women's event. Yeah, and then I have some other upcoming events. You can catch those on my events page on Facebook. Go to Get Fit, Go Figure on Facebook. Click on the events tab and you'll see posing. You'll see a contest prep Q&A coming up and then that totally awesome Diva Classic that's happening in May and that seminar I'll be doing after it. So I'm very excited. Yes. It was looking to be totally awesome. And we won't talk about the fact that it's happening on the same day as a bevy of other shows. <laughs> <laughs> Kayla and I are still a little, yeah. salty. we're still a little salty about that, <laughs> but anyway, sure. I got yep. <laughs> Hey, thanks again. And uh, best of everything to you going forward. And uh, you know, we'll be, we'll be looking for the update on how the seminar went once it's over. Thank you. I appreciate being on. Thank you so much. Hey, no problem. So with that being said, Kaylin, Snickerdoodle shout out. Snickerdoodle, Snickerdoodle, honey. (laughs) (laughs) So on behalf of Heather, Kaylin, myself, and the boys from P4P Muscle, 
Your body is a temple, so let's build it. What's Nick do?